welcome to the Hold Nothing Back podcast. My mission with every episode is to relay information on training, nutrition, and mindset that I wish that I had when I first started my own fitness journey. If you do like the podcast, don't forget to leave a review and let me know on the Hold Nothing Back Instagram. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Hold Nothing Back podcast. So, Today, what I'm going to be talking about is what goes on behind the scenes and what really, what do I take into account when creating a new plan for a client? So this could be a very long episode um, because there's so much that goes into how to create a plan for a client or like what I take into consideration um, outside of just like, you know, going online and plugging in their statistics into a calculator and then getting their you know, their calorie goals. Because, you know, oftentimes I'll find people that do that. They're like, why do I need a coach when I could just look this up online? But the thing is, is like being a coach or at least a good coach, it requires you to be really up to date on the current research, which is always coming out. Um, It also requires you to learn a bunch of different topics other than just how to manipulate macronutrients. You know, it takes into account how to help people with stress management, their sleep, Um, all of that. So that's what I'm going to be talking about today. So I figured the best way to do that is to first talk about my intake form and what I ask people on my intake form. Um, so just kind of running through everything here and I'll go into it more in depth and why everything matters. But the first thing I do is I do ask them basic statistics. So like your height, your weight, um, and then also the person's occupation and their activity level. So it gives me an idea of like, I guess you could say like what a baseline would be in terms of their calories based on, like I said, their, their statistics and how many calories they should be burning throughout a day based on their activity level. Um, the next thing I go over is their diet history. So I want to see like, have you been yo-yo dieting or like on and off dieting in the past? Um, have you done keto before? Have you been with a coach before? Do you have a slow metabolism? Um, I will also ask if they have tracked their food before. Um, This is important because when I develop the meal plan, and again, I'll go into this in a second, but when I develop the meal plan, I don't want to just go off of what I think they should eat. I kind of want to go off of what they're currently eating. um, And I also want to look at the foods that they're eating. So I will have them list out their foods. Um, Again, if they, it would be ideal if they could send me a screenshot of their MyFitnessPal entries. If not, if they don't track though, I would just have them list out their food and at what times of day that they eat their food. Um, the next thing I'll talk about is like training. So, you know, how much cardio are you doing right now? How many days are you training? Um, I'll also ask like what style of training they prefer, whether it's more strength training or hypertrophy training. I don't really work with any legit powerlifters. I did have one girl do a powerlifting competition and she won first. So <laughs> congratulations to her, Angel, if you're listening. Um, yeah, so I, I work with people who kind of like to strength train for fun or like to do like some basic powerlifting meets and then people who are like bodybuilders or just want to build muscle and lose fat. Um, and so then I'll also ask, like I said, how many days are you training? What equipment do you have access to in your gym? Because everyone's going to be different. I work with people who do at-home training and then also people who have access to a full gym. So those questions are important. Um, also, any current supplements so like vitamins, probiotics. Um, proteins, pre-workouts are all part of the supplement. So anything that's you're intaking that's not part of like actual whole foods, I like to ask those questions. And then I have um, two questionnaires. So these questionnaires are kind of like checklists 
and they go over both gut health and hormonal health. So for my gut health, it'll ask things like how frequently do you have gas, constipation, diarrhea, you know, acid reflux. Um, have you had a history of antibiotic use? Do you current do you eat out frequently? All of that. That's all very important. And based on the checklist, you know, we can see if there's any red flags or if there's minor gut issues opposed to something that we may need to do additional testing on. And then the last questionnaire I do is hormonal health. So this is both tailored to males and females because I train both males and females. And the as as much as like, you know, males and females could have very similar hormonal problems, sometimes the symptoms are going to be different. But on both of those questionnaires, whether it is a male or female, you know, I ask about libido, energy, if they're having acne, hair loss, um, if it's a female, how long have they been on birth control, if they have, or like an IUD or anything like that. So that's kind of like what my intake form goes over in a nutshell. Um, and then so once they fill out that intake form, what I like to do is I like to schedule a phone call so that I can talk about it with them um, to ask more questions where they're needed. Because as much as my intake questionnaire is very in-depth, when I create a plan for someone, I want to make sure that we're on the same page. I don't want to be the type of person that just like tells someone what to do and then just say, here, this is what I'm telling you to do. So do it without question. No, because I feel like, you know, the client isn't going to learn that way. And part of coaching is you're not a doctor, you're not prescribing things to people. So it's like, here's what I would like to change. And here's why I would like to change it so that that way, the client still maintains agency. Um, and they don't feel like they're forced to do anything. They have that option. And, you know, when I'm telling them my suggestions, I'm like, okay, well, here's my suggestion based on this, this, and that, um, you know, based on, and I'll send them like a study online or like a study that I had read. Um, and, you know, I'll also talk about my own experience because I never give, uh, protocols to clients that I've never tried myself. That's another thing. I, I don't do any testing with clients that I've never done myself because I don't want to give them something that I can't really help them with because I've, I've never had that experience. In terms of cardio, I don't know how, I don't know if I ever really just prescribe people cardio off the bat. The one thing I will do is if I see that they're doing, so like I was saying with the overtraining, if I see they're doing six days of training a week and then like six cardio sessions, I will back off on cardio. But the reason why I don't really like to prescribe cardio is because I really like to get people outside. And so the most cardio that I'll ever have someone do in terms of like weight loss is, or just, you know, trying to reset their circadian rhythm is just to get outside in the morning and go for a walk to get that morning sunlight. Um, other than that, I don't really prescribe cardio off the bat. Um, again, a lot of people come to me and they just need to get the, build their, their metabolic capacity and get their calories up. So that's kind of, you know, what I do with cardio. So now that um, I have their intake form, what I like to do, like I said, is I like to schedule a meeting with them to go over everything. So now I'm going to go more into depth on how I actually go ahead and create the program. So um, like I said, first I talk to them about it and then I actually develop the program after that second, um, after that phone call. But what does take, what I do take into consideration, so let's start with training. So for training, Something that I find is that, especially in females, females that have lost their period or they say on the questionnaire that they're very stressed out because part of my hormonal questionnaire also assesses thyroid function and cortisol or a stress hormone. So when I see that they have super high stress, a lot of times I also see that the females are training six to seven days per week. So 
that's going to be way too high because again, if you, if you haven't listened to my previous podcast episodes, especially the one on stress management, I definitely would recommend that because I talk about this in depth, but you know, our body doesn't differentiate between the different stressors we have in our life. So our body is also not going to have a period if we're in a stressed out state. So thing is, is like, if you already have a busy job, you're not sleeping and now you're training six to seven days per week. Well, now your body's going to be really stressed out and you're not going to have a period and you're going to have low progesterone. You're going to have tanked out hormones, maybe a low thyroid. So that's where a lot of the times with my females, I have to reduce their training frequency to maybe like four max five days a week um, to try and lower stress. So that's something I have to think about. I don't really get people that have to increase their training frequency unless they're very new to training. So if I get like a weight loss client that has never really lifted a day in their life, you know, maybe I'll start them off with two full body days a week and I'll really focus on the diet side of things because yes, building muscle is going to be important for weight loss because the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you're going to burn throughout the day. Um, but I don't, nutrition is going to be the most important thing, like usually creating those habits. Um, and building the metabolism and then, you know, the strength training can come after. I, that's something that I'm definitely stressed. And that's something that I've had to learn over the years as a coach is like, when you throw too many things at someone at once, for example, someone that, like I said, is trying to lose weight, let's say they drink a bunch of diet soda a day, they never tracked a calorie in their life, they have horrible sleep, and they've never worked out. Well, if I go ahead and change all those things all at once, it's going to be super overwhelming for that person. So that's where, again, like you, you really have this why a coach is so great because you have to make sure that you're taking into account all these little things and you're not overwhelming the person and all of that. So anyways, with that being said, <laughs> another thing that um, I take into consideration is their hypertrophy or strength goals. So like I said, I don't really work with like power lifters in terms of strength, but I do have people that have their own strength goals of like a deadlift squat and bench. So in terms of hypertrophy, like the deadlift, squat, and bench aren't going to be the best exercises, specifically the deadlifts and the bench. Um, but that's where I'm saying, like, if they have that strength goal, I will keep those um, those three main lifts in there. And I'll also add some accessories based on the, what their training looks like in the videos they send me. Because I do have people send me videos once I sign up with me of their training so I can better create their program. So, for example, let's say someone has a really time or a really hard time pulling the deadlift off the floor. Um, maybe I'll add in some deficit deadlifts um, for an accessory to help with the strength. But other than that, you know, for hypertrophy, it's going to be things, it's going to be movements that they, they tell me that they like to do. So if they're a, a fan of hip thrust, I'll throw in hip thrust in there and all of that. Um, but another thing I do is I also periodize training. Um, depending again, depending on how the level of the client they're, at the level of advancedness or if they're an intermediate or beginner. So if someone is a, a new lifter and they never lifted before, I'm not going to periodize training. I'm just going to give them a four-week plan, see how that goes, and then work from there and just add some volume from there. If someone's more advanced, especially if they have a strength goal, what I like to do is I like to do like um, volume blocks and then also like strength blocks or more intensity blocks. So maybe I'll start them out with higher volume so that's more sets and reps per week per session and then I'll work their way up into higher intensity and then I'll maybe deload them from there. So again, everything always depends but those are the main considerations with training. Now in terms of nutrition, 
Um, so what I like to do is I like to look at, like I was talking about before, their list of foods that they eat per day. Um, and that's how I make their meal plan. So with nutrition, I give people meal plan, a meal plan and macros, unless it's like a competition client, I'll just give them a meal plan for the time being while they're prepping. But I like to give them macronutrients so that they have the option to just follow those macronutrients and make adjustments in their food. Um, but I also give them a meal plan so that they know how to structure their food based on uh, the foods that they like and how I would recommend, you know, their pre and post workout meal in terms of like the carbs and fats and protein ratios. Um, so I will look at the foods that they already eat and then I'll just work on improving it. So I'll take their meal plan. Maybe like they don't have protein in the morning. So I'll add some eggs in the morning. Um, maybe they're only eating two meals per day. So to optimize protein synthesis, I'll expand that into three meals per day and all of that. Um, another thing that I do is I will input their meal plan into my fitness pal and, um, I'll see the macronutrients that they're currently eating. So for example, like if you were to just go into a cal um, a calculator online and you were to input their stats, well, that's going to give you their, you know, let's say I'm looking for maintenance calories. That's going to give you their maintenance calories based on like a, a normal, perfect, healthy human. Well, let's say someone has been dieting for a long time. And that's why I asked about the diet history. They've been dieting for a long time. Well, their metabolic capacity is lower. So I don't want to throw them on those calories that the, the calculator is giving me because it's, it, their metabolic capacity is not there yet. So that's why I like to put everything into my fitness pal, see where they're at in terms of calories. And then, you know, usually I have to reverse diet the people. So I'll just go ahead and increase their carbs and fat very slightly so that we start that reverse diet and I'm not just throwing all that food at them at once. Um, another thing that I see is, again, like let's say I'm, I'm working with someone who has never tracked macros before or has never tracked their calorie intake and let's say they're eating 80 grams of protein right now. Well, they're 120 pounds. Yeah, ideally 120 grams of protein is going to be great. But if they never tracked food and they're super low on protein, I'm not going to throw them at 120 grams of protein per day yet. Because again, that's going to overwhelm them. And that's where you have to take into account like a person's lifestyle, their history and all of that. Um, so what other things do I have to talk about? So um, yeah, another thing, I guess the last consideration that I can think of right now um, in terms of nutrition is going to be if they have never tracked before. I will have them just track their protein first or just track one macronutrient first because, again, you don't want to overwhelm the person and um, protein is going to be one of the most important things to track. And if you're hitting your protein, protein is super satiating, so they're going to be less likely to overeat on other macronutrients. So that's kind of how I start people out in terms of nutrition. Um, I mean, of course, there's going to be other nuances to this, like if they have any gut issues, if they have to be on a specific meal plan for the time being. But in general, that's kind of all I look at in terms of nutrition. Okay, now for supplementation. Or actually, let's not go into sub. Okay, no, we're not. Gonna, we're not going to go into supplementation first. So let's actually just quickly go over the gut health and the hormonal health questionnaires. So, um, again, I, I kind of mentioned this briefly, but if they, so I do like I said a checklist, and if their totals are like super low, like if they don't have a lot of symptoms. Usually what it is, and like if they tell me they're eating fried food and they're drinking frequently and all that, 
honestly, you could probably just fix their gut health by helping them build better habits, not going out as frequently, cutting down on alcohol and all that. Um, but if they're saying that they have frequent constipation or frequent diarrhea, they had a history of antibiotic use, um, this is something that affects them on the daily, that's when I would suggest some testing. So that could be like a GI map or a stool test or a breath test to see if there's some type of dysbiosis or inflammation in the gut, and then we can address it from there. Um, the same thing with hormonal health. You know, if it's some, if they're on birth control, first of all, their hormones are going to be tanked out. So they're going to have issues. And that's where I will inform the client. I'm not going to judge them based on their decision, but I'm going to inform them, hey, this is what birth control does to your body. You know, you're experiencing the anxiety, the depression, the hair loss. That is a symptom of the birth control, but that's up to you if you want to come off of it. Um, but if they're not on birth control and they are having a lot of these symptoms, what I'll do is I'll either order blood work to look at their progesterone, their estrogen, their thyroid, cortisol, um, and their blood sugars, or what I'll do if it really seems like an issue and they have extra money to spend, um, especially if there's a cortisol issue, I will look into a Dutch test. So a Dutch test is more expensive, but what it does is it'll, it'll, look at how all of these hormones metabolize. So it'll give you a bit more information. The only downside is, is a bit, it's a bit more um, expensive. So those are kind of like the two things I'll look at with gut health and hormonal health. And then now, so let's talk about supplementation. So with that, if it is a mild case of like maybe just a little bit of inflammation in the gut, just some burping, all of that, um, I will recommend things like zinc carnosine or glutamine. Um, but then again, I, I do recommend testing rather than just kind of throwing things at people, but everyone's going to be different. I feel like I'm saying this a million times in this episode. Everyone's going to be different. People have different budgets, what they're willing to test. And if, you know, if someone has been around like a million doctors and they still can't figure it out, I'm not going to just try and guess. Like that's what all the author doctors have been doing. So I will suggest testing for them. Um, and then with hormonal health, you know, with after we see, receive the blood work, that's another thing I don't want to just go off of symptoms on and just um, guess with because you could really screw someone up if you don't like really know what's going on in their body and you're just guessing. So once we get blood work, I will suggest supplementation. But another thing with hormonal health and gut health is, again, the lifestyle changes are going to be really important. So oftentimes you can fix those issues with the lifestyle changes and just mild supplementation. Um and then the other kind of supplementation I'll suggest is um, if someone is having a hard time hitting their protein goals, I'll suggest a protein powder. Um, it's not necessary, but again, if someone is just having a hard time hitting that goal, you can definitely add that in. Um, if someone's stressed, I may suggest something like ashwagandha or theanine, especially if they're having a hard time sleeping, theanine. Um, and like 5-HTP could be really good to take before bed. But looking at that Dutch test that I was just mentioning will actually really help because it'll show you how cortisol is being metabolized. And then also if you are having super high cortisol in the morning and then tapering off at night, which is ideal, or if it's vice versa, which is not ideal, or if you have flatlined cortisol, or if you have super high cortisol. So there's so many different things that could be happening, which is why it's important to test rather than just slow, um, throw supplements. But the one supplement that I recommend to pretty much all my clients is a multivitamin just because with the way our food is processed and the soil that is used, you know, there's going to be nutrient deficiencies. So I will always recommend a multivitamin without fail and usually fish oil because 
in our diet now, we have a lot of the omega-6s and not a lot of the omega-3s. So if we have an imbalance in that ratio, it could cause chronic inflammation. And so that's where the fish oil could definitely be helpful. And the last thing I'll talk about with my clients is the lifestyle changes. So I kind of talked about this. Um, I kind of talked about a lot of them already. But the ones I didn't really mention are like, you know, if someone's really stressed, the first thing I'll ask them is how are you managing your stress and are you making time for yourself? Um, making time for yourself every day to, de to decompress and relax is going to be really important for people. Also, you know, telling them about breathing exercises such as like box breathing, which I know I've mentioned before again in the stress episode, which is like the four-second inhale, four-second hold, and four-second exhale. Or you could do four, seven, eight breathing, four-second inhale, seven-second hold, eight-second exhale. Um, could be really helpful. Also, things like humming and singing to stimulate the vagus nerve, that could, that could really help people. So I try and help them develop some lifestyle changes, some tools that they can use to manage the stress because stress is so important and or not so important, but it can be so detrimental in terms of our progress. And that's something I've seen in myself, you know, the more that when I first started my business and I was working like 12 hour days, seven days a week, I really took a toll on my health. So that's where I've, I've had to develop myself these type of coping mechanisms and so that's where I help other people with that as well, because I don't think we realize, I, I mean, some people, including myself, we don't even realize that we're stressed until we're like, holy shit, I'm effing stressed <laughs> and I'm going to rip my face off. So that's where it's important to talk about those changes. Um, and then I'll also go over sleep with them, like, you know, sleep hygiene, making sure that you're putting your phone away at night, um, trying to do some relaxing activities before bed and all of that. And um, making sure that your bed is like a sanctuary just for sleep only and relaxing activities. Um, so that's pretty much all that I go over with clients. Again, there's so many nuances and everyone's different. So I don't want you to take this as in like, this is all I talk about with clients and there's no nuances and everyone's plan is the same because every plan is so different, especially when we look into blood work. Um, I feel like every single client is like a new adventure, a new case to like try and figure out. So, yeah, so this is where, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure or I hope after you listen to this podcast, if you were thinking of just going to an online calculator and typing your stats in to find your calories, that you don't do that now and that you actually look into hiring a coach because, like I said, everything is, is so complicated. Um, so that's all I have for you guys for today. Um, let me know if you have any suggestions for the podcast in the future. I definitely had a lot of fun recording this one because this is something I do on the daily with my clients. Um, and also we're getting, I think we're like over halfway to 50 ratings. So once I get to 50, I will be giving away a free month of coaching. So if you do want to enter into that giveaway, make sure to leave a written review and also tag your Instagram handle so that I can find you when I do pick the winner. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next one. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to leave a review and share it to social media. And if you are interested in hiring me as your coach, head to www.holdnothingback.net to apply.